the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Got a big event coming up a couple Saturdays from now on Money 101, all things financial, geared towards people really under 40, 45 years old who are accumulating assets, you need to stop making financial mistakes, you need to start maxing out. Their, their plans towards, you know, creating a nest egg. Their plans towards getting married. Their plans towards insurance and what you need and don't need. You can sign up for that event at robblack.com. The European Union is hitting Google with antitrust charges. The case could cost the tech giant billions of dollars in fines or even force Google to make significant changes to its business practices in Europe. But more importantly to me, it revives that memory of Microsoft's lo- decade-long antitrust fight with the European Union that, ended in 2009 with Microsoft paying over $2 billion in European Union Competition Commission fines. Microsoft was really never the same again. That dragged on for far too long. And the relevance of it became irrelevant. It's like, you know, hammering Google for search dominance at this point in time when we're making such a big move to mobility and phones. And they are dominant on desktops, but not quite as much so and doors much more open on phones. Other stories of note, Yahoo and talks to buy Foursquare, um, a location-based social check-in app. I've never really understood Foursquare. It's never been my thing. Um, Target nears settlement over their data breach with MasterCard. They still haven't figured out what they're going to do with Visa, but when data gets breached and, you know, millions and millions of cards have to be sent out, that cost, you know, Visa and MasterCard and those banks a lot of money. And it wasn't their fault, in theory. <clears throat> uh, it's Maybe it was on some levels, but <clears throat> Target's going to pay through the nose on that one. Revenues from downloads and subscriptions surpassed CD revenue in 2014. The most popular digital song was Pharrell Williams with Happy, 13.9 million units sold. The most popular soundtrack last year was Frozen, 10 million copies. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, <coughs> Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. Drop him an email, and we'll answer it here on the air. It's chad at NewFocusFinancial.com. 
Selena sends in an email that says, My husband has the option of contributing to a 403B and or 457 plan. Should he split his contributions between the two plans? Does one have an advantage over the other? It seems the 457 allows for withdrawals, pre-retirement age, so it can be, quote-unquote, more flexible. Thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's actually a pretty good thought. The person's obviously researching their options. 457 plans and 403Bs are both pre-tax plans. They're typically plans available that kind of mimic a 401K, but they're for government employees. And uh, 403B kind of work like IRAs. You can roll them over at retirement. 457 plans, though, and, and that's a situation sometimes when people retire early, which happens with government pensions, right? If they want to get at the money early, they might say, okay, I need – certain amount of cash from 55 to 60. And so they might want to plan cash flow wise to have enough in the 457 plan to draw from early. Um, it also comes down to, in terms of where you're investing on what the overall fees in. those are both products that are known to be in annuities and have high fees. So you really need to look at the overall fee structure in both of those accounts. They're both the same tax wise in terms of a deduction. Isn't it though a little, aren't you just complicating your life sometimes by having too many accounts? Um, yeah, I, like, I, I, mean, like I, like I run into people that have 15, 20, 30 accounts <laughs> and they've just accumulated and accumulated over the years. And, and some of those have like little, like $30 annual service fees and or really high trading costs, minimum yeah. fees, all those types of issues. And, and a lot of times if you have you jobs swapped a lot and your 401k is under $5,000, they can eventually look at, look, say, okay, we can't find you. So we're sending you a check or basically booting you out of the plan because of the administration costs that we have to have you in this plan. So people receive a check that maybe only had 20% withholding, but they owe you know, 40% in taxes on it. Or that check may go to your old home, get thrown away. Sent to the state, the lost funds. And the IRS is coming knocking on your door Yep. when they get that report later that year. What's the difference between a 401k, a 403b, and a 457? It's really just uh, 403bs are for typically uh, school teachers, nurses, Healthcare 457 plans are typically for government employees. I've done a lot of speeches for teachers, and there's a website 403B Compare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nice. What's what's tragic to me is how many people get access to teachers. Mm-hmm. Every school district's slightly different, but the school district may have like insurance salespeople. And it made it. There was a law that was changed last year, the year before, that we used to be able to go in if somebody had 403B assets, we could. Just take a chunk of that and move it to another 403B account. It's a TD Ameritrade, which is a custodian that I use. And they've closed down the market. So if the provider's not able to sell to current employees, you can't roll, you can't transfer out. So it locked the market down. And teachers and nurses, they only hear about the options that the salesperson is telling you about. A lot of teachers can go to HR and say, hey, is there a Vanguard option, a T. Rowe Price option, no-load fidelity option? And avoid the annuity altogether and go straight into the no-load funds. Got another email for you, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. This comes to us from FAM. He works, I work at a large Bay Area tech company. I'm using the target date plans in my 401k. Is that a good idea to max out or should I diversify into other funds as well? You know, target retirement date's fine for your first, you know, 10, 15, 20, $25,000. If you're younger, it, it's great, but I don't like the bond choices in most target retirement date funds, and a lot of funds are kind of misleading in terms of how much risk they're taking for older people. So I think it's a good no-brain approach if you're with kind of the Fidelity, the Vanguard, the T. Rowe Price, American Century, 
in the 401k and there are no load options. I think that's a fine approach for the younger people. But when you're older, you need more management of the fixed income and more management of the international exposure, in my opinion. Sometimes I say to people, um, they want to buy stocks, Chad. They so badly want to buy stocks. Yeah. So I'm like, stay in indexes, stay in ETFs as long as you can. And then when you want to buy stocks, buy one and see where you stand after a year. Or if you have a spouse, you know, write down what you're going to buy, give it to her, him. And then when you're ready to sell it, you have to write it down again that you're ready to sell it. It's like dual paper trading. Mm-hmm. Most well, people just don't have the time, or they won't. Just, they won't follow that advice. But they'll remember, and that, that's where people get in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I would have bought Facebook when it dipped to eighteen. I said I would. I see a lot. A lot of times where even for people that I manage money for, they'll they might manage their own little account, and the husband and wife will have a contest really? on who can make the most money out of their ten thousand dollar Roth IRA, for example. Does this contest end in love, glorious love? <laughs> Always, all money conversations in a hot love, tub, glorious love in a hot tub with champagne. Who was that Ron Burgundy character? Lo- I love you. Anyway, let's <laughs> <laughs> ah, tongue wrestle. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Segway was bought by a Chinese company. I know you're saying Segway. Why are we talking about Segway? You might remember when Segway came out, uh, there was a lot of talk about this big announcement and how it was going to change the world of transportation. The founder, this guy named Dean Kamen, he promised his invention would revolutionize transportation, claiming it will be to the car what the car was, the horse and buggy. But sales of the two-wheeler failed to take off and, you know, earned a goofy reputation in large part because of some failures, like President George W. Bush toppling over one. So, 800-516-1220, get your calls in the air. I'm not black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah. Is business time. It's business. It's business time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh. It's business. It's business time. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, we're in the bathroom brushing our teeth. That's all part of it. That's foreplay. Foreplay is very important. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen. He's a PhD type of doctor. How are you, Mr. Rosen? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm well. You got a PhD in economics, is that correct? That is correct. What did you have to write a big paper about? What was your big <laughs> statement, per se? Uh, my dissertation was actually on um, international uh, emerging market type stuff. I was looking at uh, portfolios of migrant workers in Pakistan. <laughs> what did you learn? Can you give me a, a takeaway? Uh, I learned that uh, if you were able to leave Pakistan and migrate to a different country, that your family ex- would uh, invest in more risky assets than uh, if you were in a rural community and just migrated to a city. Fascinating stuff. Did you actually get to go to Pakistan? 
No, <laughs> no. Yeah. I used uh, time series data that was uh, freely available, and uh, it was interesting. I, I learned a lot. I've got a friend who's writing a thesis right now for a PhD, and uh, data is expensive. The fact that you got free data, that's good for you. Yeah, it's and it's difficult for emerging market stuff because really I wanted a time series data set, which meant that I needed people to go out and survey uh, these families more than once, you know, over a period of time, and generally you only get, you know, one or two uh, data points. And this had a data set of about six or seven years. I don't remember exactly, but it, but it was nice. It was also interesting that, um, you know, just on uh, you know more of a political science type view, you know, hearing about how they had to interview some of these rural families, they were doing it in, uh, in the area of Pakistan where the tribal leaders are pretty ingrained. And, uh, you know, you're reading reports that, you know, some of the data ended early because the tribal leaders thought that they were learning too much and uh, forced them out at gunpoint. So, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting uh, aspect. Interesting. Um, let's get back to our world, per se. Did you uh, see today that ECB uh, Mario Draghi got attacked? Uh, you know, someone jumped up on stage and threw glitter on him. Yeah, it was a uh, very interesting, uh, you know, plot on CNBC this morning. What was to me what I what I take away from it is like we live in interesting times when economists and heads of banking figures become kind of like the bad guys, and that the youth, you know, interrupt conferences, press conferences, uh, with you know a display of we're unhappy. Uh, is this a reflection of how bad it is out there for the youth of the world? You know, it sort of is, especially in Europe where, you know, the, the way the hirings and firings are, it's much more difficult to get get uh, to fire somebody. So if you're a younger person, the labor market just isn't as accommodating for you because there's a lot of older workers that, you know, may or may not be productive anymore, but they're still on payroll because they know that they can't get, you know, fired. Uh, it's not to say that that's necessarily a terrible thing, but you know, if you look at the way new hires are made, they're not put on the same type of program. So, the pension system for the younger are much uh, worse situation than the older. You know, youth unemployment is a lot higher because of it, because they're the ones that can be gotten rid of if there's an economic downturn. You know, the the protest against Draghi today, you know, it reminds me a lot of, you know, the Occupy Wall Street type stuff that we had in the U.S. And I remember um, when the big annual economic meetings were in Chicago uh, a few years ago, there were Occupy Wall Street protests outside the um, American Economic Association. And, you know, these are academics, you know, they're, they're not really policymakers. They try to influence policy, but they're, they're not policy. There is no you know, at the time Bernanke didn't come out and come to the meetings to explain monetary policy or to make policy. So, you know, you, you have these impacts where you don't know who to talk to. You need to be, you know, seen, and it makes a good place to go, you know, if that's your goal. Taking a look at some of the other issues right now in the economy um, in the United States, uh, I saw a 
consumers are spending a bit more in the month of March. Is it enough? Uh, do we want more? Do we want more savings? Where are the consumers coming down, Dr. Jeff? It's not enough, not in my opinion anyways. You saw you know, significant weakness in February. You saw weakness in January. Uh, you know, at the time you were beginning, you know, weather-related concerns are saying that, oh, you know, the, the slowdown that we saw is just because people can't go to the stores. If that was the case, you would have expected to see a much bigger increase in spending in March than we actually saw. Core sales were up 0.4%. Core, I mean, uh, you strip out the auto sector, you strip, strip out gasoline, and you strip out building materials, which tend to... Uh, all also get accounted for in GDP in investments. Uh, so if you look at just core, it was only up 0.4%, which is a little bit higher than what aggregate incomes were, according to the employment report, that was only up 0.1%. But we've been seeing such growth in income, you know, not at what I would like to see, but it's still positive, and such weakness in consumption that you're seeing a move to higher savings rates. And if that was just a temporary problem because of weather, then you would expect it to see, you know, a big increase in spending come out in March, and that didn't happen. You know, you'll have a downturn in savings rate, but not enough to pull the savings rate back to what we saw in 2014. You know, basically all we're doing is, you know, looks like we had one good month out of three. Uh, I'll see where we go next month, but it, it doesn't leave me feeling that everything is hunky-dory, that everything in the spending department and in the consumer sector is where it needs to be. Taking a look at credit, I saw a story out today that one-third of millennials have never owned a credit card. The tough job market, a lot of college loan debt, bad economy at one point in time that they saw the stock market get crushed. Um, let's talk a little credit. Are we using enough of it? Uh, businesses and consumers talk give give me a little education on credit yeah i don't i don't look at the absolute number you know, the absolute number has been increasing considerably if you look at the uh, consumer credit data uh, that came out last week i mean i think we've grown by over uh, 10 billion each month for wow it was like 20 months or something like that uh consecutively you know, that looks okay but what i care more about is the you know liability you know the the asset-to-debt ratios, the income-to-debt ratios. And if you look at those numbers, we're seeing that debt isn't high enough considering how valued assets are worth. So you could take out more debt, meaning you could spend higher, you could uh, forego savings, and you could you know, grow faster, but consumers are not choosing to do that. And I don't know if that's because uh, banks are tightening credit and you can't get credit or if consumers don't desire credit. But what I can tell you is that consumers are definitely wanting savings over spending, which is reducing potential economic growth. You know, it's, you know, spending of, of someone's income, spending is, is somebody else's income and you got to look at it like that and loss of spending or reduced spending reduces overall income growth. What else are you working on, Dr. Jeff Rose, an economist at briefing.com, that you want to make us aware of? And today's industrial production numbers were a little bit mixed. Uh, if you look at the headline, the headlines seem bad. A lot of it came because the weather turned to normal conditions, which meant that people didn't need to uh, utilize heating and cooling necessarily for their house. But if you look at the manufacturing sector, 
uh, it's still you know, soft at, at best, and you had a, a small gain in overall manufacturing production, which was the first time that we've had that since November, which is good. However, all of that gain came from the motor vehicle industry. After uh, a big pullback in auto production last month, we had a rebound in March, and, and that made up for the entire gain. Uh, today's New York Empire manufacturing number kind of supports that. You know, you're seeing lackluster uh, growth. You know, things just are not as strong as they should be. Things are weakening um, at best, you know, and, and this is not an economy that is expected to just drive out to 5% growth in the second quarter based on what the trends were in the, in the first quarter. You know, it's why we saw the, um, the IMF reduce their U.S. forecast for 2015, you know, they don't expect that the first quarter slowdown was completely weather-related, which would mean that you know everything that we lost this quarter will be gained next. It's just a weak situation. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. You can find him online at Briefing.com. I post a copy of the interviews that I do with Briefing.com at my Facebook page, Cron4 Rob Black. It's K-R-O-N4 Rob Black. Um, I tweet it out as well if you want to go to Rob Black's show, as well as I do put it uh, sometimes uh, in other sources of media as well. So you can find me online at robblack.com. You can find them at briefing.com. I think it's a great resource. Um, I start my day every day with the page one. Um, Dr. Jeff Rosen writes an article under the Economic Perspective, Economic Insight. It's pretty hardcore stuff, but he does a great job of putting it into digestible nuggets. Um, whether it be the credit manager's index uh, or other reports that come out, trying to give you some perspective and forecasting models, I think is very, very helpful. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about the dollar index trimmed overnight gains. Intel reported inline results, but their revenue wasn't good. The Dow Jones transportation average outperforms following uh, better than expected results from Delta and CSX. Delta shows a lot of confidence in the economy if we're flying. CSX shows a lot of business in the economy of its delivery via train. Steelmakers have contributed some strength to the material space today. There's an ETF called the Market Vectors Steel ETF, trading higher. Treasuries remain near highs. The 10-year Treasury now sitting at 1.88%. That's a real weak number. Um, just throwing it out there. Uh, <coughs> Still a little under the weather. Sorry about that. 
Bank of America profit beats expectations as their legal expenses fall. Again, not, not exactly the type of beat that you want. Homebuilders outlook for spring sales surges. Millennials are starting to get back into the get out of mom and dad's and get into uh, a home. So look for Wells Fargo to do well in the coming years. Netflix reports numbers today. How much of a daredevil are you? You got that kind of confidence? McDonald's franchisees are saying the system's starting to get broken. They're not loving it. Franchise respondents rated the chain's six-month outlook for its domestic business more negatively than at any other time in the 11-year history of a survey of McDonald's franchisees. Um, One wrote in a recent survey of these franchisees that the system's broken. They talk menu redirection, uh, try to help people, try to cut the number of items on it, simplify your menu for customers, but add products to help sales, and it doesn't work. They continue to get hammered by Chipotle and Chick-fil-A. The whole create-your-own-taste platform, I bet that customers will pay more for customizable sandwiches at McDonald's, like they've also done at um, places like Shake Shack. And these are pretty expensive decisions. Um, Franchisees are referring to it as farce. It's expensive equipment that they have to buy. Approximately 3,100 of the franchisees own and operate McDonald's restaurants across the United States. So McDonald's is going to get its first quarterly report next week with the new CEO, Steve Easterbrook. We'll see. So it certainly doesn't feel like uh, glorious times, per se. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anytime you ever hear of a company... Um, selling off some units. It's a way of unlocking some value, especially if they're selling off a low margin unit. Nestle said today that they're negotiating to sell off its Davagel frozen food unit, part of their slimming of their portfolio. Nestle is the world's biggest food manufacturer by sales, and a lot of people think companies like Nestle, who also do bottled water, that they want the war in Iraq because they sell bottled water to soldiers in Iraq. I know there's some really crazy uh, conspiracy theories. Nestle said it isn't disclosing the financial details of the talks, but it's looking like a $213 million transaction. Uh, potential deal is, again, showing you that big conglomerates are doing what they can to help their stock prices stay high. Nestle has agreed to sell its power bar business in the last 18 months. Uh, they sold a bulk of their Jenny Craig diet food business. It's interesting, uh, the changing taste of consumers around the world. Uh, Frozen food is not where you want to be right now. People like fresh. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Delta said their profit tripled, and that's pretty fascinating. They're going to reduce their international capacity by 3% this winter to help buffer the negative impacts of the stronger dollar and low energy prices. Delta reported earnings that more than tripled. That's not too bad, huh? Lower fuel prices, revenue increased 5%. This is the strongest March quarter that Delta's had, uh, both operationally and financially. 
They put more seats on planes using larger aircraft on some routes. Delta and other big airlines, they've all uh, pushed up their capacity modestly. Delta's now adjusting uh, and reducing a little capacity in some markets. No longer are they going to fly to Moscow. Um, 15 to 20% reduction in service in areas such as Japan, Africa, India, and the Middle East. So internationally, they're putting the brakes on some of their products. 800-516-1220. The tax day gives a boost to the U.S. economy, eh, about $225 billion. Uh, that's a lot. Now, a lot of that money has been coming in since February, but it'll start to peter out now. But we should have a, a small boost in consumer spending in March and April. Uh, consumer spending has been, you know, lifted with tax refunds. And when they go away, you go, I wonder if the spending's going to go away. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, China's growth was the slowest in six years. Um, I just, China's a tough one. Great long-term name, great long-term play. Short-term, it's pretty all around across the board. Pretty inconsistent. I don't like inconsistency. Um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't be shy. Uh, tweet me, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Got an event coming up on Money 101, all things financial in San Jose. Come up a couple Saturdays from now. Sign up today at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 